Welcome to the Writer's Right Podcast, the show where every writer has the right to speak their mind. I'm your host, Joshua Howe, and who cares about what the show is normally about, because the Raptors just got Kawhi Leonard. Oh my god. Uh, I don't even know how to feel right now, but to help me feel probably what I should be feeling, other than maybe some elation and just like crazy chaos in my brain, is Anthony Doyle. How are you doing, man? Uh, also, thank you, for, thank you for coming on the podcast at such short notice. I appreciate that. I don't know how I'm doing yet. I, I don't know how to absorb this. I I mean, the rumors started, what, two weeks ago? And every Raptors writer and every Raptors fan kind of went through what they thought trades would look like. But this? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I can't believe. Okay, so the biggest thing to me, and like you were mentioning before we started the pod, I can't believe, especially after uh, listening to that Zach Lowe podcast where they talk about this really briefly at the end. And the last thing on that whole podcast is Brian Windhorst saying really quickly, OG Ananobi has to be in that deal. And I was like, okay, so, you know, that, that's got to be one of the, I mean, Windhorst knows things. Um, and I just, I, I, I I pretty much resigned myself to, if this is going to happen, OG's going to be in the deal. And somehow, miraculously, this deal happened without OG being in the deal. And I, I just, we can play OG Ananobi and Kawhi Leonard at the same time. I mean, <laughs> I love Jakob Pertl. And I, and yep. I, I don't want to, like, underestimate that we did give, we did give up a little bit. Yeah. And we won the trade, but we gave up assets. Yeah. Um, uh, Jakob Pertl's a really good developing big man. He's still pretty young. He had amazing defensive metrics this year. And, like, he's quick. He's got great instincts. He's a great role man. Mm-hmm. Under Popovich, he's probably going to end up being a really good player. Oh, yeah. And yeah. DeMar DeRozan, say what you will about him, two-time All-NBA, what, four or five-time All-Star now? He's been fantastic for the Raptors, Raptors, and he's been the best ambassador the franchise could ask for. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the saddest part about this for me is um, saying goodbye to DeMar. We knew that if this was going to happen, it was going to be DeRozan, just because so many reporters and um, people in the know had mentioned you know his name um, more just more often than Kyle Lowry, so I assumed anyway it was going to be DeRozan. And it made sense that it would be DeRozan, and... Um, yeah, he. in my opinion anyway, I wrote about this last year, he's the greatest Raptor of all time. Um, not necessarily the best, but greatest in terms of when you factor in everything, not just his play on the court, but also what he did to help establish the culture, his work ethic, um, you know, c- coming out and talking about mental health, um, what he's done for the city of Toronto, um, how many people love him in Toronto. Like, it's not, it's not, uh, they don't, it doesn't happen just for no reason, like, there's a reason people love DeRozan, um, and he's just he's the nicest guy. Like, there's I have nothing bad to say about DeRozan. His number ten needs to be retired. Yeah, absolutely. That said, like this was a big win. Yeah, um, it was. It, uh, the Raptors did, like you said, didn't give up OG Ananobi. They didn't give up Pascal Siakam. They, you know, kept DeLon Wright. I thought for sure DeLon was gone, especially after they signed Lorenzo Brown yesterday. Yeah, same. And, I mean, I thought they were going to have to give up a lot more because Kawhi Leonard, I mean, 
And and we got Danny Green too. Danny yeah. Green is one of the best defensive wings in the entire league. Yeah. And he can shoot. Sure can. And and so the Raptors went from this team that has this weird identity of, you know, sort of DeMar does his thing and you run the offense through him because you have to and maybe you have enough shooters around him to cover everything up. And maybe that's how it works on offense. To now you've got, you know, Kawhi can initiate offense, and he's extremely good at it. Lowry can initiate offense. He's extremely good at it. And now all of a sudden you have all the spacing around Jonas, and you can see what he can do. Yeah. He kept Fred this summer. Um, offensively, this team could be really good. Mm-hmm. And then defense. Um, it, am I exaggerating to say I think the Raptors are the best perimeter defensive team in the entire league now? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not with uh, uh, just go, running through my head, just a few of the lineups they could put out there. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, any lineup that has OG and Kawhi and Siakam in it, I mean, come on. And like Lowry fell off a little bit on defense last year, but it wasn't like significant like he was really good on defense two years ago and last year he was just you know like quite good he was above average he was a good defender I don't expect him to uh, drop off like crazy but even if he did it wouldn't be you know necessarily the worst thing in the world and you know we have two other point guards in DeLon and Van Vliet that are like both gritty defensive players um so I mean no this is a this is gonna be a really 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 good defensive team um i can't remember this this is slipping my mind now in my uh excitement and sort of just still waking up grogginess but have we hired a new defensive coordinator yet the raptors i mean i don't know that nick nurse has actually said who's going to run the defense this year okay so i'm not clear on that one yeah that'll be interesting the the lineup that i keep thinking about defensively is you run out there lowry danny green Kawhi, og and then put Pascal Siakam at the five because all of those guys can rebound. Yeah. Uh, who's scoring on that? Uh, nobody. <laughs> nobody. And, and that's and that lineup is scoring too. Like it's not like they're going to be like like you know the Celtics. Some of the Celtics lineups last year where they're they're stopping you every trip down, but they're struggling hard to score on the other end. No, you you have Kyle Lowry who's an elite scorer and Kawhi Leonard who, I mean. Yesterday, when all of this stuff was getting going, I sat down in the morning <laughs> and I rewatched the tape of the game where he got hurt two years ago. Oh, okay. I was thinking about doing that. I was watching highlights. And I, I recommend every Raptors fan who's on the fence go back and rewatch the game of the last time Kawhi was healthy, that game against Golden State. That was the Durant's first year. That was the 2016 17 Warriors. They were on a tear. And like that team was so talented, and for 24 minutes before Kawhi Leonard got hurt, he was playing them off the court. He was plus 21 in 24 minutes against them. He put scored 26 points. He was defending Durant on the other end. He was getting whatever he wanted offensively against one of the best teams in the history of the league. That's the guy the Raptors just got. He can guard Kevin Durant on one end and go down to the other end and do whatever he wants on offense. Yeah, I remember, like, so I haven't watched that game in a while, but I do remember the one thing I that sticks out in my mind from that game was the fact that uh, 
there's a dunk that Kawhi has. Like, I, I think it's while he's, like, they're in the midst of, he's kind of in the midst of a personal run, and he has one of those, like, uh, Statue of Liberty kind of dunks. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, my God, the Spurs might legitimately steal this game. Like, Kawhi's playing on another level. He's right now, at this very moment in time, for these amount of minutes, he is the best player on the floor. And this is against, like, you know, future Hall of Famers, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, that's, and the, that's how good, that, the, yeah, you're right, that's how good he is. The Warriors had no answer. And, like, that's, I'm not saying he is the best player in the world because we don't know what he looks like after this injury. Mm-hmm. But if he could get back to healthy. Yep. I mean, he could be like he could actually be the best player in the world. That's could. not out of the question for him. No, I mean he's when he's healthy, he's a, he's definitely top five. So I mean, uh, the thing is the, the thing that makes me feel a little bit better about the whole injury thing because uh, obviously we don't know very much. Uh, we haven't seen much at all. Like the Spurs are so tight with that, and Kawhi's so quiet, and his camp is so quiet. Um, it's not like the Markel thing where you were seeing him like you know, shooting weird free throws all the time. Like, we haven't seen anything of Kawhi. Um, And, uh, but yesterday when the news came out that he's considering attending the camp, and the intention is, was at least, I guess, to show off that he's healthy for potential trade suitors. Um, So that makes me feel a little bit better about it, that he's confident enough that he thinks he can go out and say, look, I'm I'm better, uh, I'm healthy, uh, I feel good. And, you know, this is this is what you could be getting. Now, obviously, like, there were um, GMs and stuff in that piece who said that, yeah, sure, you can see him at a camp and he can look really good. But until you get him on an actual NBA floor, you won't really know. So that's all true and stuff. But, I mean, the, the signs are pointing towards he at least feels like he's healthy. Yeah, and well, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of people saying, because there's a tweet out there that came out about an hour and a half after everything started this morning, um, Chris Haynes put, said, Kawhi Leonard has no desire to play in Toronto, league sources tell ESPN. Yeah. And a lot of people have speculated, well, what if he doesn't show up? What if he doesn't report? What if he wow. pretends he's injured and sits up for the season? There's one very important counter to that. Kawhi Leonard is 12 months away from the biggest payday of his life. Yep. And he just watched... Isaiah Thomas go from being an MVP candidate to taking the minimum. Uh He just watched Boogie Cousins go from being all-NBA to signing for the mid-level exception. Guys who have scary injuries and haven't shown they they can play don't get max contracts anymore in the league. Yep. And so what's the best way to – whether or not he's staying in Toronto, what's the best way for Kawhi to make sure he gets paid next summer? To play. play. Yeah, and to play. be great. Yeah. And the Raptors, I think that they're getting one great season from Kawhi Leonard. What happens after that? We could talk about that, you know, when we get there. But for this season, to me, I think he's going to be great because he has to be. He, he doesn't want to throw away that payday just because he didn't go to the Lakers. Because he could still go to the Lakers next summer. Nothing changed. Yeah. So I think... The Raptors are getting Kawhi Leonard, or as close to Kawhi Leonard as he can be at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Which is the best thing for the Raptors, because, look, I, and I, I mean, this is another thing I mentioned just before we started, but 
I know this is the major concern for most Raptors fans, and it's an understandable concern. The risk going into this is that Kawhi's going to be a rental, right? We get him for a year, and he leaves, and he goes to L.A. Um, but that's... Look, we have, a, we have about a year, you know, a full NBA season. The Raptors have that all that time to try to change his mind, to convince him to stay. And they have a lot of stuff working in their favor. The fa- one of them being the fact that it's in Kawhi's best interest to play his best, because if he does, the Raptors, I think, have a legitimate shot at going to the finals. Absolutely. I mean, Boston's good. Philly's pretty good. Yep. Milwaukee, maybe they're... Maybe, yep. Uh, they put it together. But this Raptors team it has to be as good as any team in the East. Um, yeah, yeah you know, so. Jacob Goldstein had his projections out this morning. He's projecting the Raptors to win 62 games, according to his numbers, after this trade. Wow. Like, this is special, this team that they've put together. And as long as Kawhi can be that guy. Yeah. And, you know... The Raptors have never had a talent like this. They've, I, I love Vince Carter. I love Kyle Lowry. I love DeMar DeRozan, despite the fact that I have my issues with his game. But they've never had a guy who was in the conversation for the best player in the world. They've never had the best player in the conference before. In fact, that's been their issue in a lot of playoff series, is that you know, the best player's on the other team. And they're not going to play a playoff series if Kawhi's healthy, where... They don't have the best player until they get to the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's it's crazy. It's a change, and this is Kawhi smack in the middle of his prime too. Like he's twenty seven, right? If I have that right. Um, yeah, he's twenty seven years old. Yeah, he's twenty seven. So he's he's smack in the middle of his prime. This is like this is a perennial MVP candidate in the middle of his prime. Um, one of the best perimeter defenders I've ever seen period, in league history. Um, there, there are five defensive player awards that have ever been won by perimeter players. He has two of them. Yeah. He's like he's like a, I can't remember who, I think it was, maybe it was Bill Simmons who said this, but like several years ago, I remember him talking about him on defense, and he said he was basically like, it was like looking at an octopus. Like his arms are everywhere, and they're so long, and his hands are huge, and you just look at him, and you're like, I can't get by this guy. He's the only guy that I've ever seen LeBron visibly when Kawhi checked into the game back in, I believe, 2014 finals. Kawhi checked back into the game. LeBron saw he was checking in, and he shook his head, like, just out of exhaustion. Like, I can't believe it. Here he comes again. I have to go through this guy again. I've never seen LeBron do that with anybody else. He he steals Steph Curry's dribble. Like, not, not it's happened once. It's happened several times. Uh-huh. He just takes Steph Curry's dribble. And, like, Steph has such a tight dribble. Yeah. He, he just pulls the ball out of guys' hands. Yeah. Because he... I mean, there's a chance that Kawhi Leonard will go down as the best perimeter defender in the history of the league. Yep. Um, and, and... These are things I would have said before he was a Raptor. The, the idea that yep. this guy's now a Raptor is just like... It's bananas. It's the trade day. It's a tough day for DeMar fans. I'm going to try to avoid slandering DeMar. Because, you know, I respect what he brought to the organization. But if we're being honest, Mm -hmm. 
DeMar struggled in the playoffs. He struggled a lot. He yep. couldn't defend guys, and the guys he was guarding were going off. Yep. The fact that he couldn't shoot the ball was causing issues with the offense because we couldn't initiate stuff away from him. Kawhi's like, what is he, a career 38, 38.6% three-point shooter on his career? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you're not going to have problems with him losing J.R. Smith. No. No. That's the thing. Like, even if you just look at this trade as essentially, like, the, the main the main uh, part of this, now that we know that Pirtle's the, the one young asset that got attached and nobody else, is really you're replacing DeRozan with Kawhi. And that's just, no matter what way you look at it, it's a vast improvement. Um, it just It just is. I mean... DeRozan's really good. It doesn't mean DeRozan's not good. I know some people, you know, you talk about other players replacing him. They're like, oh, because you think this player's bad. No, DeRozan's really good. He's a really good player. Kawhi is just one of the best players in the world. Yeah. And, and to replace a really, really good player with one of those players, I mean, like, you know, that's why you, you do this kind of deal every single time. Like, he's... He's the guy that's going to switch. He's going to change playoff series. He's going to be, you go into a playoff series, you're confident now. How can the Raptors go into a playoff series now and not be more confident than we've ever been? Because we have Kawhi freaking Leonard on our team. Yeah, I just, I'm so excited and and my head is filling with all these lineup ideas that I have. I mean, you know, you throw... Lowry and Fred out there with OG and Kawhi and Jonas in a small lineup. Yeah. You've, you've got shot creation and shooting everywhere, and the floor is wide open for Jonas to dominate in the paint. And, and you can just do things like that because the Raptors kept nearly everybody on their bench. Yeah. They gave up. Yeah. Like, CJ Miles might be their 11th man this year. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. They just... And I, I just want to bring this up because I know this isn't this isn't actually a big deal, but this I keep thinking about this. Yeah. Masai got protections on the pick. Yeah. And that, that just blows me away that he even... How do you even ask for protections on the pick at that point? I have no idea. I... I, I Honestly, I can't think of a possible scenario. I have no idea how he did it. I really don't. Like, I don't know how he does any of these things. I mean, so, by the way, can we, just, we can just pause and talk and just say this for a second. Everybody who's been, like, like, what, Masai's now untouchable, right? He's oh, un- yeah. He's untouchable. This is the greatest deal in Raptors history, aside from maybe you want to talk about the trade for Vince. But this is otherwise the greatest deal in Raptors history. Like, everyone who was like, well, this is the summer of Masai. He maybe get, you know, criticized. Like, now, you know, he fired Casey, and it's starting to be, like, his team now. Well, guess what? He just brought Toronto Kawhi Leonard. Like, you can't, yeah. you can't criticize him for this. This is, a, this is the best kind of deal possible. And the protections are so good. It's it's one to twenty on a first for next year. Yeah. So if Kawhi doesn't play, if Lowry has a decline and the Raptors aren't great, they can make the playoffs as the eighth seed and still keep their first round pick. Yep. And if they and if they keep the pick because they have a bad season, it only turns into two second round picks. Yeah. Like the I don't understand how 
Masai did this. And where I thought the trade offers would start wouldn't be even wouldn't even be this good. No. I mean I'm just I'm shocked. I mean it must be like that what they were saying about um the several reporters like Win I'm Windhorse specifically was saying that you know, it must have been true that um and it, the Lakers for sure it seemed like, but they, they pulled out because they think they can get him next summer. And then, um, but Boston and Philly must have, I think they must have, yeah, straight up pulled out. And the Spurs are going, well, you know, we're, I mean, that's the thing. The longer they had Kawhi Leonard, I mean, the offers aren't going to get better. Um, especially once they, everybody knew that Kawhi was not signing the Supermax, for sure. Um, exactly. And, uh, like, once those offers start to disappear, the longer it takes, the worse the offers get. Because the teams that trade for him that aren't the Lakers know that the day he arrives, the sales pitch has to start to keep him. Yep. So the further you push back that day, the worse your pitch gets. Yep. Um, so, you know, you, you trade for him during the summer, you get, a long, you get a year to make the trade. You trade for him at Christmas, you got six months. You trade for him at the trade deadline, you have three months to sell him on stay. Yep. So those offers were not getting better, and Masai got it done. He took advantage. All well, you know, hanging out with Barack Obama in Africa. <laughs> yeah, greatest of all time, the GOAT. <laughs> I, and the Raptors actually reduced their salary for next year in the trade. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So, you know what else, too? So, this is interesting. Like, uh, I want to talk about this for a second. So, again, back to the, the fans afraid of the rental thing. So, say that, like, Hawaii does leave and uh, we're in the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario for the Raptors, we knew this going in, uh, most of us anyway, that um, the worst case scenario for the Raptors is not the worst case scenario for other teams. Our worst case scenario isn't nearly as apocalyptic as it is for other teams. Um, because we'd essentially be just starting an earlier rebuild. Now, the good news is for us with this deal is we didn't even lose somebody like an OG, like a key future piece that you'd be wanting to keep during a rebuild. Um, so that's that's really great news. It just adds to the fact that, you know, um, it would it would help going forward um, with starting a yep. rebuild. But but yeah, but that but basically it'd just be we'd be starting a rebuild like a year early kind of thing, and. I mean, look, that it happens to every team eventually. You know, it was going to happen with this team soon anyway. Um, so I, I just anyone listening to this who's a Raptors fan, they're freaking out about that worst case scenario. Kawhi leaves. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be too much worse than what would have happened anyway. This is a fantastic risk to take. Well, exactly. Like Kyle Lowry has two years left on his contract. And there's a significant chance the Raptors aren't going to want to pay him his next contract because yep. he's going to be, what, 35 that summer? 36? Yeah. yeah. Um, Serge Ibaka has two years left on his contract, and there's mm. a pretty decent chance the Raptors aren't going to want to pay him his next contract because his current contract isn't that good. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan can opt out that same summer. If Lowry and Ibaka are leaving, there's a pretty decent chance DeMar would have been opting out and looking for his next contract. And if those guys are leaving, do you really want to be maxing DeMar again? Yeah, exactly. That's probably what it would have cost to keep him. Yep, it would have. And so, you know, the reset was right there. So, worst case scenario on this trade, Kawhi never plays a game as a Raptor. He 
which, you know, which I, I, I can't imagine that's going to happen. I just can't. I, I don't think it's possible. But just to, you know, for the sake of considering all possibilities, sure. if he never plays a year as a Raptor, the Raptors pay less in salary this year. They pay less in salary next year. In fact, they're out of luxury, luxury tax next year because they can non-guarantee uh, Danny Green. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have... Lowry's an expiring contract that you can move. Abaka's an expiring contract that you can move. And the summer after that, you've got like 50, 60 million in cap space. Yeah. Now, plus you you kept OG Ananobi. You kept Pascal Siakam. You kept Fred and DeLon Wright. Yep. You know what you're building around at that point. And so you didn't really hurt the long term. What you lost if Kawhi never plays a game is two competitive seasons right now when you absolutely could not have won a title because the, that Raptors team that we saw last year was not winning a title. No. And you probably weren't even getting out of the East, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what you traded that for is the chance that if Kawhi plays this season and he's really good as a Raptor, you're probably going to the finals. And if you go to the finals and you win 60-plus games, Kawhi's going to look at it and he's going to go, my options are I can re-sign with the Raptors, we can keep dominating this uh, Eastern Conference that's kind of weak. Yeah. Or I can go to the Lakers with a 35-year-old LeBron and we're probably going to lose to the uh, Warriors in the second round for the next five years. Yeah. It really depends on where his priorities are because... If he wants to pull a, um, a similar thing to LeBron where, like, it's more of a lifestyle move than, than a basketball move at this point, um, yeah, you'd probably rather live in L.A. than Toronto. But let's – but let's. so this is one of the things I'm going to mention. I don't want to get my whole article away, but this is one of the things I'm going to mention in the article. Like, uh, the Raptors clearly think that they've established this culture um, that, that players want to play in. And, look, since Masai has been in Toronto, that's held true. Like, they've kept their big free agents – um, you know, they've kept guys like they just got back Fred Van Vliet. Like he, he mentioned that there wasn't, there wasn't another place that he even really considered. Um, you know, they kept DeRozan, they kept Lowry more than once. Um, you know, like the guys who have been in Toronto, which and Toronto, I, I know it's, it's tougher for people who are born in another country for obvious reasons, but Toronto is a fantastic city. Players talk about it all the time. They love to come to Toronto for games because they like spending time in Toronto. Toronto is a great city. Um, the Raptors have built a very good culture. Um, you know, they've built a winning team. Um, this is this is not insignificant stuff. And if Kawhi comes and the Raptors do make the finals or, you know, something like that, and they have a really great year, and they're also the team at this point that could offer him the most amount of money. Um, yep. So, I mean, it's just... If it depends, like, does he want? Does he would he like to win, or would he like to go to a place where um, his lifestyle might be more comfortable? Because if that's true, then yeah, I get, you you can't really compare to Toronto to Los Angeles, a place where it's just sunny and never rains all the time, um, and you get to play with an older LeBron. But I mean, look, that you can't convince me that that Lakers team is gonna be even better than Houston, and it's definitely not better than the Warriors. I like our chances of keeping him, but I know right now. It looks bad because right now there's that Chris Haynes tweet still sitting out there. There's Chris Carter out there who has connections to Kawhi's agent. Yeah. 
saying he's never going to stay in Toronto. And that's, that is absolutely where things sit right now. Mm-hmm. If you, if Kawhi had to sign his next contract today, there's no way he's signing it in Toronto. Yeah, I agree. But it's not about today. It's about the fact that the Raptors now have a year where they're the only team that can pitch him. Yeah. And they can pitch him every day on the court and in the locker room. And if, you know, what if he loves playing next to OG? Yeah. OG seems like a pretty great guy to play with. Yeah. And Fred Van Vliet. Who doesn't love Freddie? Everybody on that team loves Fred Van Vliet. Yep. And I mean... um, uh, like I, I really do think it'll be interesting to see what Lowry does. Um, obviously, he's best friends with the Rose, and this has got to be hurting him some too. Um, but but, uh, but I, I, I just wonder how he's always been a very emotional kind of guy, and he's a very interesting type of guy. I wonder if even if he will pitch Kawhi all year to stay with Toronto, or if he kind of just will let him do his own thing. But um, well, but he's got to be I, one of the bigger names that you know you're looking. I was kind of thinking about that. I was thinking like. The way Lowry arrived in Toronto is kind of similar to the way Kawhi did. He didn't really want to be a Raptor. Yep, that's true. He was pretty miserable for the first little bit. They almost traded him and got rid of him because of it. And then Masai sat down with him, sold him on his vision, and Lowry became the team's best player for a five-year stretch of being really good. Yeah. So, you know... but. If La- if Masai could sit down with Lowry and Kawhi and say, you know, this is where Lowry started. This is what we promised him. This is what we've done with him. Yeah. That might go a long way. And I, it's possible the DeRozan stuff hurts all of this. And I, I really hope he wasn't actually lied to the way it sounds like he was. Yeah. And I, I don't know what to make of all this stuff because... I don't know if we'll ever know what really happened, but it sounds like somebody in the Raptors organization told him during summer league he wasn't going to be traded. We don't know who said that because I haven't actually seen the person named anywhere. No. Um, we don't know how it was conveyed to him, but he clearly took it as he wasn't going to be traded. And then they traded him, and he's, he's really upset. He's talking to David Aldridge right now, who's tweeting that DeMar is saying he was lied to. His own Instagram stuff was pretty (laughs) angry. And I don't know if that was a miscommunication. I don't know if the Raptors actually lied to him. It's all possible. Um, But I hope DeMar can find a way to find some happiness in San Antonio. Pop's one of the greatest coaches in history. I hope this doesn't end up being a black mark on the Raptors franchise. And the the worst thing that could happen now would be if Kawhi and, or if Demar's situation in San Antonio ended up horrible, and this kind of just keeps coming back over the next season as Demar is miserable. If yeah. Demar's happy after the trade, maybe that helps mend some of the fences. Yeah, definitely. I mean. This this is one of the aspects to DeRozan trade that was always going to be tough. Like it, there was no conceivable DeRozan trade that wasn't going to be it was going to be easy. They were all going to be tough um, because he is the greatest player that the Raptors have ever had. He is um, 
the nicest guy you could ask to have as your best play, as one of your best players. Um, and he helped establish the culture. He did a lot of things for the franchise. He wanted to be here. He had a lot of, has a lot of loyalty. He's a loyal guy. Um, and moving him was going to suck no matter what. But, um, again, again, this, this deal is one of those deals that has to happen. But at the same time, um, I, I do think there has to be some kind of miscommunication there because I just can't see um, Masai's front office being so, so cold-blooded as to just say, well, okay, bye, greatest player the Raptors have ever had. Um, we're not going to tell you much at all. In fact, we're going to lie to you that you're not going to be traded. I feel like there must have been miscommunication there because I've never thought of Masai as that, as that way. Um, he always does seem to be with someone who wants to let people know what's going on. Um, he likes to run a tight ship, but at the same time, there are certain things he seems to like to be transparent about. And he mentions a lot. It was similar when he was, when Casey was fired. He came out and you know he said that he'd talked to Dwayne about it, obviously, and um, had nothing but nice things to say about Casey. So I, I can only imagine when this pre- press conference happens, he's going to say similar things about DeRozan. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what he says when you know that question is asked. Um, what's going on there? Also, be really interesting to see what Demar says in his first press conference as a spur because you you know this stuff's going to come up. Yes, yeah, and DeRozan's not a guy usually who is going to mince words either. Like he just tells you how it is. Yeah. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't like. He's never, um, you know, like somebody to be. It seems like highly emotional or whatever. He's a very quiet, reserved kind of guy. But he at the same time, like he just tells you how it is. He doesn't. He doesn't hide his words, you know, behind anything really. So at least when it comes to basketball. So yeah, like I, I expect him to kind of just say, you know, what, what he, what he feels in the moment. And, uh, I can, I can only imagine what, how, like how he's feeling right now, but what he's going to say when that does come up. Cause I, I, yeah, I really do think there was, there's gotta be some kind of miscommunication here. I, that's the one big downside of this whole thing, and uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it because I'm so excited about the rest of this. Yeah, and I and I also feel bad for Debar, and mm-hmm. that I, I'm a little torn on that whole thing. Um, that's going to be a weird Spurs team this year, though. <laughs> you know, La- Lamarcus yeah. Aldridge, Rudy Gay, and Debar Derozan. Yeah. All the mid-range jumpers and no defense. Yeah. Uh, look, the Spurs dynasty, this is not. Um, those years are, are gone. This happens to every franchise eventually. But, um, yeah, it's not, it's not looking great for the Spurs. I'm also curious, and, and I've been thinking this for a while, not just before this deal, but I really do wonder how much longer Pop stays around as head coach there. Yeah, I don't know. This doesn't really seem like a move that you make that you make if you want to stay around and extend your time before retirement a lot. But uh, we'll see. Um, Who knows? Maybe Pop will turn DeMar into somebody who can shoot threes and play defense. Maybe. Uh, That'd be it. That'd be miraculous if he did. I mean, I, I, yeah, I I also hope DeRozan's, I really hope he finds some kind of happiness in San Antonio. Um, I'm a, I'm a little worried about him. Just as, on a personal level, uh, in terms of like 
you know, for somebody who deals with mental health stuff all the time, like this is going to be really hard for him in that way too. And, uh, you know, yeah. he's, he's been good lately about, you know, being open about it and stuff. And I know this is going to be difficult for him. So I really hope, um, there are people there in his corner for him when, you know, like he, he already mentioned how this was like earlier on that this was the darkest summer he'd been through after that loss, um, against the Cavs. And I feel really bad about that. And, you know, there's not a lot you can do as fans except support him. And, I mean, look, I'm going to be supporting DeRozan no matter what jersey he's in. I love the guy. He's a great guy, um, great player. And no matter what, he's going to be one of my favorite players I've ever seen. And, um, you know, I just I hope he does what's best for him and manages to find, to find some kind of happiness. And I hope that on the other side of things that, you know, Kawhi can find a way to be happy in Toronto. Because, look, there's a lot of great things, like we've, we've talked about. There's a lot of great things to like about Toronto. Um, not mm-hmm. ju- not just the basketball side of things too, but again, it's a it's a great city, underrated city, and um, he's gonna have some great yeah. teammates. Yeah, I want to say something about that. There's been a lot of talk on Twitter about like Kawhi wanted to go to the Lakers, so Pop sent him as far away as possible, and people are acting like you know Kawhi's going to Toronto means he's going to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Tr- Toronto's the fourth biggest media market in North America. Yep, like <laughs> it's a big city and it's a it's a city that has a lot going on yeah um it, it's a city that a lot of people love like kevin durant goes to toronto sometimes during the summer he's not from toronto mm-hmm. he he doesn't play for toronto he's just in toronto sometimes during the summer because it's it's that kind of city it's a global city and i think for, there's one other a- aspect for Kawhi that i really like about this is like I think it's possible that all of the weight of the Spurs franchise wore on him a little bit towards the end in San Antonio. Yeah. He was supposed, you know, there's this direct line that you can go back 30 years from David Robinson to Tim Duncan to to Kawhi. And it was just sort of assumed that he would be the next guy in that chain. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of pressure too. And uh, as the team started to get worse, I don't know this for a fact. I don't know Kawhi, and you know, there's been nothing said about this, but I definitely think that could have weighed on a guy. Whereas, on the other side of it, um, in Toronto, he can write his own legacy. All it takes is one trip to the finals, and he's never in anybody's shadow again. Yep. Um, that that could help keep him there. And, and that's before you talk about the benefits for other guys, like, you know, for OG, people have said they see a little bit of young Kawhi in OG. Well, what if you let 21-year-old OG spend a year or multiple mentoring under Kawhi, mm-hmm. learning from Kawhi, watching him in practice, watching him on the court? What does that do for OG's development? Yeah. Now, it's going to be interesting, too. I've heard this a couple of times. And again, this is something that I can't know and nobody I, I don't think can really know except Kawhi and those people who you know, have played with him or coached him or whatever in San Antonio. But I have heard that um, Kawhi sometimes, he seems like a, a James Harden type where even though he's the best player on the floor, he's maybe not, his mentality is maybe not um, to be a leader. Yep. And there, there are players that are like that, like a James Harden, it seems like. That's why they went and got Chris Paul. I mean, James Harden is easily the best player on the Rockets, um, but he's not necessarily their leader. That's Chris Paul. 
He's just, and it's not his fault. It's just the way he is. It's just the way he's built. That's just how his mentality works. And it's the same thing for Chris Paul. Chris Paul's going to be the alpha on any team you put him on because that's just how he works. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting what Kawhi does with the Raptors because. Hey, you know, who's an intense personality? Who's a leader? Who's that? Kyle Lowry. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was about to say. So, yeah, like Kyle Lowry, it'll be interesting to see how that works um, because I, I feel like that, that might be a bit of a feeling out process where, you know, Kawhi comes in and he's instantly the best player on the team. But over through time and maybe through the course of the season, there might be sort of a realization moment where Kawhi, or where Kyle goes, oh, maybe I'm still the leader even though I'm not the best player anymore. And that could be that could be really interesting and maybe almost sort of revitalizing for him because – Again, and, he just moved from the best player on the team for the past, you know, X amount of years, and now he's the second best. And Fred Van Vliet has that type of personality, too. He does, yep. So, I mean, I I love the fit here. Um, you know, I don't know how Masai did this so well, and <laughs> I'm just... I, I know I keep repeating myself, but... If this was the best case scenario. This was better than the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really was. Like I, I, I'm blown away. I don't really know. I, I still don't really know how this happened. Um, I do want to mention uh, one, one quick thing before we go. We did get one question. I got one question on uh, Twitter that somebody wanted us to talk about. Um, starting lineup for next year. What, what do you think the starting lineup is going to be? I think it's going to be... I think they'll start big. And they'll go Lowry, uh, Kawhi, OG, Serge, and and Jonas. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. That's, um, that's probably what I would say, too. I do think... Uh, I hope, anyway. I hope Nurse looks at the whole Ibaka thing. And um, I do think Ibaka should be like probably starting games. But I think his minutes need to be reduced this year. Yeah, that's not the lineup I think they close with, but I think that's yeah. the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Siakam's going to see more a lot more time this year against against first yeah. units. But I I don't know even do they even need a set closing lineup with the personnel they have now because they can throw so many different options together to match up depending on the team. Yeah, and and when you have all those guys, like I mean. OG, Kawhi, and Siakam gives you three long lockdown defenders who can fit with different matchups. You can just kind of throw something together. Yeah, they're super switchy now. Um, and we and we kept DeLon Wright, who's also pretty good defensively. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, like I was looking at, like, we had, you know, our, the Raptors uh, starting unit last year was was really great. Had a really high net rating, twenty four ish, I think. And once the season finished, um, really, really good. And literally, you can play that exact same lineup except plug in Kawhi Leonard in place of DeRozan. <laughs> that's a pretty big upgrade. Yeah, like that's bananas, and that's a lineup that was destroying teams last year. Like I don't, I, oh, I'm not even sure how to fathom that at the moment. But, but yeah, I mean that's, yeah. Like that's, I think that's the lineup they're going to go with because it, it just seems to make sense. Plus, it keeps keeps the guys who does, were starting happy and all that. Does the bench just become smaller now with Danny Green instead of Pirtle and Siakam slides over to the five? I I, I think so. I think I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because I, I think I think CJ is going to probably see less time, like you mentioned earlier. But uh, just because Danny Green's also a really good defender, 
But, um, but yeah, I think so. I think Siakam's going to see more time at the C, which, uh, which will be interesting because, you know, he's had those, uh, he's hasn't been fantastic at block boxing out and rebounding. It's one of those places he needs to get better at. Um, he's obviously a really good defender, but he needs to get better in those areas and, and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he handles more center minutes against second units. We still have a roster spot. We can still bring back baby. Oh my God. I totally forgot about Bebe. Holy crap, he's still out there. We need to bring back Bebe immediately for the culture. Um, I mean, bring back Bebe and just go 12 deep. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's do it. Let's I, do it. it. We won 59 games last year. That was the best Raptors team in history. And we won the summer. Yeah, yeah. That's so weird. The Raptors are the team that won the summer. I mean, other, um, unless you want to say the Lakers did, but like, I mean, this, I, this I is, think I think Lance Stevenson and some of the other stuff that they did <laughs> does a little bit of canceling out for them. <laughs> yeah, plus like LeBron was always going there in yeah. in his mind. So I mean, like he had a small percentage chance. Maybe he was thinking about other places, but really, like that was the heavy favorite. Whereas, like this took this. I'm not sure how Mass I got this deal done. Like this is a to me, this is pretty much a swindling. Like this is the best. I, Build the man a statue. Yeah, yeah. He needs a statue outside, outside ACC, and I'm still calling it ACC. Screw Scotia Bank Arena, or whatever. It's the ACC. Um, yeah, he really does. Uh, whew, I don't. I do. Do you think we covered everything? Is there anything we missed? Um, I can't even remember half of what I said. I'm still just kind of floating. <laughs> I know. I, I woke up and saw it immediately. Started screaming and running around. I can't believe. I mean, I thought I was still dreaming, honestly. Because um, that Shams tweet came out literally like I woke up and I look at look at my phone and it had he'd sent it like a minute prior. Like I woke up just as he sent it, and I I couldn't I just couldn't I, believe it. When they tweeted that it was done and it was Demar and Kawhi, I was mentally in my head putting down the options. And the one I kept coming back to was like, okay, you know, Demar, OG, Norm, and a first for. Uh, Kawhi and Gasol. And that was like, to me, that made sense. That checked all the boxes. San Antonio gets back a top-tier target. The Raptors get rid of some salary, get rid of Norm's salary. We didn't even talk about Norm. He's still on the roster. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that that's going to be interesting. That was the trade that checked a lot of boxes for me. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. I can rationalize this. And maybe it's Siakam instead of OG, and that would be okay. But it's probably going to be Siakam or OG. Mm -hmm. And then Woj Woj tweeted like half an hour later the actual players in the trade. And I read it like five times before I finally got to this happened. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's miraculous. Yeah. Great, greatest trade in Raptors history, especially if and if you know what, and if we get through this whole season and Kawhi ends up saying, you know what, I want to stay here and they can pay me the most, I'm going to stay in Toronto. I'm going to sign uh, a longer, uh, a longer deal. Then 100%, this is the best deal in Raptors history. And uh, if Kawhi's on the roster, it certainly helps our sales pitch for Giannis in 2021. Sure does. <laughs> We just need if, to get. If, we just need to get if, longer, more switchy. We'll just. No one's ever going to score on us again. It'll be the best. If the Raptors can get Kawhi Leonard, they can get Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Masai is like a, he's a straight up magician. I mean, he's he's he just he's straight out of the prestige. I can't I don't know. Puts on that hat and he's like Mickey Mouse from Fantasia. Dude can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, he's got. A, I, don't, I don't know where he's going tonight, but he needs to go out for dinner somewhere and he just needs to get a free meal. I've spent the last two weeks having people on Twitter tell me, sure, Masai fleeces bad GMs, but there's no way he's going to fleece R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich. <laughs> yeah, well, so much for that. I mean, I, doesn't he, isn't he have a relationship with somebody? Was it R.C. Buford, or does he have a relationship with someone else in the Spurs front office? I heard he does. I, I think it's, I, I can't remember where it is, but I think it's with R.C. Buford. Yeah, so that might have helped, too, I'm thinking. It, yeah, and the, I actually thought DeMar's relationship with Pop from Team USA would have helped smooth things along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it might be one of those things where he's um, he was he was shocked to find out, so maybe he isn't really thinking about that yet. Uh, I hope I hope I hope it does eventually. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go back to watching. Kawhi Leonard tape with a big smile on my face. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably. Gonna, I'm gonna eat something because I, I still haven't eaten anything. But uh, I just, just woke up and uh, um, guest appearance from your dog again. I always like to say hi. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and try and write something if I can get my brain to stop going at a million miles an hour. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get something written today too. I I just. I have to finish processing, and I don't know how long that's going to take. Yeah, absolutely. It, it helps for me that the, the piece I'm going to write, I was going to... Uh, Blake told me yesterday in DMs, he's like, ah, write it anyway. We don't know if, <laughs> you know, the Kawhi thing might not happen, so ah, write it anyway. And now, and a day later, here we are. Uh, did, did Blake know? I, oh, I mean, why? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. We, you never know uh, what, what Blake knows. He's a... Uh, He's a very connected guy. Um, <laughs> all right, man. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, as always. Uh, appreciate it. Um, reaction pod, we just, you know, decided to do it, kind of spur of the moment. So I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad to have somewhere where I can sit and talk about how excited I am about Kawhi. Absolutely. You're the most reoccurring guest, by the way, on my podcast so far. This is, like, the third time you've been on, I think. All right. Well, uh You'll be able to find the Writer's Right podcast on Bumpers.fm or the Bumpers app. You can also follow the pod on Writer's Right Pod on Twitter, uh, where the links, links to the episodes will be posted. Uh, until then, you can follow me at Havolution on Twitter, and you can find my own work at Raptors Republic, B-Ball Breakdown, and Scene Creek. Thank you for listening. Go Raptors!